Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi there. Today we are radiating courage with Franz Jacobson. Um, and honestly, I have to say, I, I battled a little bit with the title because Franz's story is so interesting and so riveting and so inspiring that um, maybe we're radiating inspiration, maybe we're radiating determination, believability, or believing in yourself. But I think it all sums it up with we're radiating courage. And so, uh, Franz, welcome. Thank I'm so you. happy to have you out Thank here. You. Thank you so much. You know, with a name like Franz Jacobson, yeah. you come from a kind of surprising place. Sure, Where's absolutely. Where's that? So I was born in uh, Callao, Peru. Uh-huh. Uh, and so a lot of my ancestors, after World War II, obviously migrated down to South America and then integrated with the locals. And so... Uh-huh. There's about 12 of Franz's in Peru. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, from uncles and those kind of things, grandfather. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. Wow. Yes, yes, yeah. Peru. And you were there kind of during a difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tell us about that. <clears throat> so, during the 1980s, um, you know, late 70s, early 80s, there was a, a terrorist group by the name of the Shining Path. Yeah. And uh, the Shining Path was trying to overstate overthrow the state and form their own uh, new democracy. Yeah. And they were doing this by terrorizing the city. So uh, very calming. They started infiltrating really the, the the big city, which is Lima, the capital. They started in the mountains and really started kind of diving into the city. And, um, you know, they would target politicians. They would target uh, cops, their families. And oh, so my gosh. They were really infiltrating mm-hmm. fear, right? Terrorism is is really trying to radiate that fear, and they'll do it by, you know, bombing um, water towers, electrical towers, um, and uh, so it was a difficult time. Obviously, obviously, I was a little kid, um, but uh, yeah, it must have been terrifying. I can't yeah. imagine as a little kid just hearing the bombs and the yeah. shooting and. Yeah, having such fear. <clears throat> it, it was. It, it was. Uh, you you always were at a very young age, aware of your surroundings, aware of not going too far from the house. Of course. Um, and so they even had um, the government came out with this thing called el toque, and el toque was it was a curfew. So um, after a certain time, they could not provide you the safety. 
And so the tanks were rolled out at night. And so oh. there was a lot of noises going on all the time. Sure. It must have been frightening. It was, it was definitely frightening, especially when, you know, when they'll blow up the city lights and it'll be like a week with candles and uh, those wow. kind of things. And so, right. uh, but I had a strong family. There was, mm-hmm. there were nine of us in a three bedroom apartment, one bathroom. And, um, you know, the one thing that, that I could tell you that we as a family really had was a lot of love, you mm-hmm. know, and so. While we didn't have many other things in life at that time, or material things, the one thing that we had an abundance of was love. Good. So. Yeah. And so you lived with your grandparents. Yep. Yep. Right. Because where were your parents? So my father was um, really out of my life, sometimes coming back. He was going through his own journey, his own struggles in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother, um, when I was uh, very young, about three, four years old, had the opportunity to come to the U.S. Fantastic. And so um, uh, I was with my grandparents and my uncles. They ended up being like my brothers, some of them not too much older than I was. Yeah, 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 close family. Very close. It must have been hard growing up without your mom around, without your dad around. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, your grandparents kind of stood in for that, huh? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, my, my grandmother was just really the the connection between me and my mom who was in this other country now. And she will always provide me with this vision of what the United States meant to us. Because while we were living in such chaos, she knew that the bridge to opportunity was this country, and my mom was helping establish that. Nice. So there was always the intention that you were going to come to the United States then? Correct. Right, just when your mom was ready to send for you. Right, and she had to go through a process, obviously, to give me the ability to to come to. So there's there's always a process that you have to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And since I was so young, she wanted to make sure that, you know, she went through that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the rest of your family got out as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it took a few years, but, you know, my, my mom has been responsible for over 40 family and friends that have migrated wow. from the U.S. to, I mean, from Peru to the U.S., and uh, it's pretty neat because I get, you know, I know most of them, um, and I also understand the struggle that it is to migrate to a whole different country. Right, because so. you came, You, I remember you telling me that you came here with no English at no, all, none. right? No idea of the culture, no idea what no. snow was. No. No, and where yeah. did you go in the United States? So when, when I came to the U.S., uh, I landed in uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you kind of got that Jersey <laughs> thing in your <laughs> accent a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jersey Peru accent. That's right, <laughs> learning to speak English in, in New Jersey from South America, wow. Uh, yeah, you know... Uh, as an immigrant, you, you know, when you first come here, you, you know, I remember just on the drive from the airport to the house, like the highways are way big, right? Yeah. City lights and the cars and the noise. And then you look up and snow is coming down and you're like, <laughs> what oh, my is God. This place? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So it's a culture uh, shock. It is. And it goes on. I don't know. I think it, it really does go on for a period of time. But, you know, I mean, you quickly realize, I mean, you turn on as a little kid. I mean, I was 
10, 11 at that time. Turn the TV on, your favorite cartoon show is on, uh-huh. right? And and then you turn it up because you're like, oh my God, I can connect here, right? But but they speak differently, they're <laughs> named differently, and, and it's not the same Pica Piedras that I grew up with. Now they're called the Flintstones. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Right. So you just like leave it alone, but just some examples of that. Well, you know, that's a really good way to put it in kids' terms. You know, to kids, right. that's that's your that's your world. Sometimes yeah. is you know everything that you know, and um, so was it hard to get to know your mom because after being yeah. apart so long? Yeah, it was difficult because now um, you know it was some time between the time my mom left till she came back and got me, and so now I miss my grandma. Of Terrible, course, right? Oh, of course. So I miss the comfort that she had provided me. Sure. And now I'm in this. Um, unrelated, un, you know, unattached kind of country where just me and my mom, right? And right. we're starting to try to get to uh, the excitement of me wanting to be with her. But, God, I miss home. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we had so many people there. So many people. And then now it's just you and your mom. That's right. She's missing all that community and all that support around yep. you. That had to be so hard. Yep. And from what you told me earlier, it sounds like it wasn't even the the best neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Not so, even the most affluent or... Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, so you think about those days, right? You think about early 80s where ESL was not... Was the ESLs right. today, right? So I remember that the way that they would teach me English really was very minimal. So I sat in classes most of the time. Right. Not understanding what in the world was going oh on. Oh, my gosh. So they had these cars where they will have you read, and they'll time you. And where you stopped is where you were at the level of comprehension. Well, I didn't even know what I was reading. <laughs> right? <laughs> All so, right. I'll so read. ESL has come a long way, because back in the yeah. day, ESL was your friends trying to teach you the language. Oh, yeah. Now, so. of course, for those who don't know, <laughs> ESL is English as a second, second language. Now they call it ELL, English okay. Language Learners. I'm, I'm, glad, it's, it's I'm glad it's evolving and progressing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, New Jersey is a melting pot. You know, you've got people from not only South America, but you've got people from, you know, oh. Italians and Polish. Yeah. First generations just all kind of coming together and... Um, and meeting in one kind of common place. Sure. So. Yeah, and even the other Spanish speakers from other countries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's separation within that. You know. I mean, you you can you can really know a Puerto Rican. It's the moments they speak. You can really know someone from mm-hmm. you know Mexico uh, or Dominican Republic or different sure. places based on the dialects. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. What an amazing experience. And so, you know. Just you and your mom. Things yeah. aren't really very cushy, very yeah. comfortable, and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, tell us, tell me about that. Growing up in this, you know, kind of maybe a tough neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. And not a lot. You know, didn't have sure. a lot in high school. I know that you've you yeah. managed to do some really amazing things. Yeah. despite yeah. it all. Yeah, you know, um, you, you know, soon after that, my mom got remarried and. Um, and I always felt like, um, because my mom was still trying to learn the language herself, okay. right, as an adult. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for many young Latinos, Latinas, or any other immigrant that comes here, we start becoming kind of like 
uh, the translators for our parents whenever they're trying to do something, right. right? Like, you know, call the phone company or call this person and tell them this, and you're trying to navigate through that. And so you, you, you learn just basically under pressure to help the family out, right? Right. There's no coming home and saying, hey, mom, what does this math homework mean, right? Sure. Or like, yeah. tell me what they're, tr- you know, it's like you have to learn by yourself. You have to try to, Amazing. and if you don't have that support system, imagine how many kids just fall by the wayside because there's, it's not that they're not smart, it's just that they don't understand, right? Absolutely. So, you might not have the confidence no. or the determination. Yeah. Yeah. And right? so, yeah. And so, you know, Patterson, New Jersey, um, during that time, um, you know, early 80s, the crack epidemic had really hit the city, the okay. inner city, pretty bad. Um, you can see crack bottles, you know, as you're walking through the streets and the, and the city's parks. You can feel it. You can see it. You can, I mean, it's around you right. all there the time. No There's no mistaking. So even walking from your home to a store, a nearby store, mm-hmm. you always have to be careful because... There's always that, you know, when people are on drugs, they do just unrealistic right. on, they're just trying to find their next high, right? And so it could be whoever, you could even know them and, and they'll, uh, you know, they'll try to steal from you and and those kind of things. And so oh, very man. young age, we had to, you know, um, as I integrated into the city, uh, as I began to have friends around me we started kind of helping each other like hey i'm going to the store at this time anybody want to come and then we'll kind of go together that's a really good idea yeah so you made friends yeah you integrated into the community in the neighborhood yeah sure so so sports really was a connector for me Mm -hmm. um so kids would play out in front of the street um you know football um and I was sitting in front of the house all the time watching them play, and they invited me to to join them. And, and there's something really amazing that happens when kids don't even know the same language or maybe different colors or, you know, yeah. or we come from different backgrounds that there, there, there's something amazing that when they share something and they want to have fun and, and, and it has no other agenda to it, that you somehow connect and are able to understand each other because they didn't understand me I didn't understand them yeah. but fun was really what connected us is somehow yeah I just picked it up from them can we bottle that and yeah. give it to the adults right now I know I know you know the yeah. adults right now are not understanding other cultures and people who are different so yeah, yeah. yeah. the kids have it figured out don't they it, it's amazing I mean I, I was just talking to someone else about that about their kids not understanding English and, and, and they were kind of Young and somehow they were just laughing and having fun and right, you, you know. It doesn't it, matter to it, them. It doesn't matter to them. No, that's it amazing. Really doesn't. Okay, so you got into sports and in, yeah, in your uh, school career yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that. So, so football. So um, I, I, you know, those kids introduced me to football. Um, they uh, encouraged me to go and try out for the football team, and uh, and I did. I, I went and tried out. Um, and it's funny because um, I'm still not really knowing the language and and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, so 
I uh, I got cut. So mm-hmm. I was leaving uh, the football field, and, and a coach uh, ran behind my, me when I was leaving the field, and he started motioning like I was like if I knew how to kick. So coming from Peru, playing soccer, I was like, yeah, I could oh, kick, yeah. right? I'm like, I could kick. So, you know, he he uh, he mentioned that they'll find a, a, you know, equipment for me. That man ended up being uh, Coach A. Brown, who became a mentor, role model for me. Uh, his kids, Rashi, Joaquin, and those really are the, the two older ones. That he had three other kids that were younger at that time. But he picked me up from my house and take me to practice, and I'll come back. And that's really the first time I had some pretty cool connection with a whole different culture that I would not see if I was not around all the time with them. Nice. So it was, yeah, it was Coach Brown, um, just an amazing man, you know, taught me the game of football. Uh, I ended up being, you know, an all-city player, Fantastic. Um, you know, he put me at a position where I didn't need to say much. I just had to watch the ball and go. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that was pretty neat because it really, football became a very big part of my life. You know, going into high school, um, you know, we we did something that was unthinkable at that time where What's we had that? about 38 football players in a big city, inner city league. We usually had 60, 70 players. Um, you know, we uh, we went undefeated and won the state championship. And, you know, as I look back, yeah, it was really cool. As, as I look back now, the city and all of us needed that at that time because of yeah. all the chaos that was happening outside of us. Yeah, you told me that they even renamed the school? That's correct. So they renamed the school to Championship High. Nice. For the remainder of the year, and they ah, literally put a banner awesome. over John F. Kennedy High School. Yeah, uh, we won the state championship, the basketball. So we had several different sports that had won the state championship. Oh my god! And from this school that was in the middle of all the chaos, and uh, and it was really neat because championship high. Um, I mean, you know. It's it's amazing. That you know, and that's so inspiring for all the kids there. Absolutely, oh, but they had a, a fierce sense of identity, yeah. fierce sense of you know the championship. We are the champions, right? right? Yeah, and it doesn't matter what's happening outside of it. Yeah. If we can focus and work together and, and persevere and overcome and and help each other out. Isn't it amazing the things that we can accomplish? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I just have to ask, what ha- what became of Coach Brown? Okay, Coach Brown passed away, I want to say, seven, eight years ago. He continued to coach in the inner city. He was a baseball coach, football coach, uh, might have been basketball coach as well. I stayed in touch with him. Sure. As a matter of fact, I stayed in touch with uh, all of his kids through Facebook. But when I've gotten back, I've been able to, you know, see uh, Joaquin and, and Rashi, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, Coach Brown, um, you know, got ill, and um, but he always had a very um, he he was always very uh, caring and loving, but yet tough. Mm-hmm. You know, he oh, he yeah. was an ex military guy. And he even will provide structure for myself, you know, like 
if if he heard that I was not maybe going to class all the time or whatever, he'll, he'll get on me. You know, that's awesome. Sometimes we need somebody to yeah. get, get behind us and Absolutely. kick our butts. Absolutely. Right? Somebody who gives enough of, you know, who cares enough. Yes. To make sure you're doing yes. what you need to be doing. Unconditionally care, right? Like yeah. they just care about you. Yeah. And yourself being. Just, yeah. To see you do the right thing. Absolutely. Oh, that may, how, how do you think your life would be different without that? Without those things, oh gosh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a pride. I always tell people this: I'm a product for, of all of those people that helped through this process for me. That is why I truly believe it's important for adults like myself to always find ways to give back because kids are yeah. listening. Yeah, and you do give back. Yeah, a absolutely. Lot. So absolutely. What, what are you involved in now? So you know, I, I I'm involved in in putting together. Um, I've been really working towards putting together a documentary about Championship High. Um, and, and the goal is um, that the proceeds someday will go back to those students um, where, where I was at to help and provide them a structure for them to do more in life. Uh, I also, um, last year, was able to give a scholarship to one of the student athletes who graduated from uh, Kennedy High School. And, and you know, and I stay in touch because they're they're in. Um, he's here in uh, down South Fort Scott Community College, and yeah. and I go see him. You know, I try to see him at least once a month. Um, but it's always cool to to do that, right? I mean, sure. it's you know, I remember when he first landed here with his brother in Kansas. Coming from Patterson, New Jersey to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about culture shock. And they even speak the same language. <laughs> yeah, right. And I told them, I said, hey, it's going to be different. Oh, yeah. And it's meant to be different. But don't ever lose passion. Don't ever lose the hope and the vision of where you're going to be. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So you're kind of stepping into Coach Brown's cleats. That's our job, right? Whoever has helped us through life, I always tell people, you know, sometimes I'll say, hey, thank you. I said, hey, your job is to keep this going. Your I job is to pass it forward. Keep it yeah, going. Pass it forward. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, between then and now, you also had a career in the military. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I always tell people the military was the best thing for me at that time. Right? Sure. So you think about the chaotic world of Patterson, New Jersey. Think about I was a good athlete, but just didn't have the grades. I'm not six foot four, you know, those mm -hmm. things. So scholarships didn't come. So I joined the military, and the only job that they told me I can get in the military at that time, because I had a green card, was combat arms. So whether it's, wow. you know, something to deal with wow. combat arms. So. Uh -huh. Uh, I joined the military as an artillery um, gunner, and um, yeah, it's it was uh, you know military's taught me many things, but it was one of the best things. Oh, absolutely! That happened to me at that time. Yeah, talk about having structure. Yeah, right. Oh my god, process systems, follow this kind of deal. Right, right. So it sounds like you did pretty well. Yeah. in the army. Yeah, you know, I mean, you sign up with the ambition of this is going to give me a GI Bill, this is going to give yeah. me structure. You know, for me, I needed to get away from Patterson. Like, I yeah. knew what was happening. I could see it. I could, my friends were getting in trouble, those kind of things. And sometimes, you know, I always tell kids this, sometimes it's just being around at the wrong time and you're not yeah. doing anything. 
yeah. wrong. But if you caught, get caught uh-huh. with those people, you know. It's it, guilt it, by association. It, right. And, it, and it's going to take time for them to know that. But it may be 9 to 12 months of your life spending in jail trying to say, I wasn't part of this. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, again, I had other people who were just in my life at that time saying, you got to get out of here. You know, and so I did. And, um, you know, I, I joined the military um, and then I found myself fighting in, in Iraq. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that that, uh, you know, that that whole transformation of, you know, you're, you're a civilian, you go in the military and then you go into war at 19 years old is absolutely like. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's just Beyond, you know, I, I I think about all the soldiers coming back, and some of them not having physical wounds, but the ones that we should always watch out for are the mental wounds that people have. Oh, it's huge, yep. absolutely huge. Yep. Well, it's kind of ironic in a way that you came from Peru to get out of a violent situation. Yeah. And to get out of a chaotic situation, come to the United States that has so much promise and so much hope. And it is better in many ways. Still chaotic. Yeah. And then find yourself in combat again. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Just this quest for peace. Yes. But you, I think maybe you found it now? What do you think? Uh, peace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you it's a... pretty well now. Yeah. I, I think... Yeah. I think it's a, it's an ongoing uh, process, right? The military... Sure. Like you said, provides you so much structure, right? Discipline, you know, and discipline. Mm-hmm. They teach you um, how to stay persistent, consistent in the system, in the process, even when it's chaotic and fast, and decisions can hurt others. Absolutely, um, you, you build a certain level of tolerance. Sure, that comes with that. They even today, even as hard as things can get in my life with my professional life and. You know, those kind of things. I always can go to the spot where I go, it's going to be fine. We will figure out a way. Right. I just, this is part of the process of the journey. I don't understand it right now, and I don't know why. Yeah. But if I know I go back to my core of, it's going to be fine. I just have to figure this out. And figuring out may be, I'll learn along the way. Yeah. And, and that's what the, you know, and then courage, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, cur- courage. Yeah, courage. Yeah, I mean, when things got hard in the military, when 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 situations became scary, when things oh, yeah. kind of got unsettled, you know, and, and you're not feeling very confident and you're not feeling like every single day you wake up is a day that you may go. That's what you know in combat. Like... Of every course. time you wake up or every time, every single day may be your last day. So how do you live that way, right? Man. Courage is what will pick me up at times, right? Sure. Courage knowing that that I was providing the foundation for the rest of my family, right? That I was fighting for a country who was giving us an opportunity to live the American dream. Sure. Was pretty damn cool. That is pretty amazing, and I love how you gave back to that country. And when I spoke to you earlier, you were—I mean, you were telling me that all, all immigrants, in a way, have an, an obligation yes. to give that back, yes. right? Yeah, you know? I, I mean, 
and sometimes, and I know things are not perfect. So, so You're right. they're they're Given. not perfect. It, it's it's yeah. it's not perfect. But I do know where I came from, and I yeah. do know and understand how chaotic and how bad it was. In most countries in Latin America, either you have it or you don't. Exactly. There, there, there's right. not a lot of middle class. No, there's no right? middle class, right? So now you come to a country where it can provide you a platform. Now I'm not saying it's easy. Right. You're going to have more doors not open than do. Mm-hmm. But if you're persistent and you have work ethic and you have grit and you knock every single day, something is going to open. Yeah. Right. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And somehow the nature, uh, the law of attraction or whatever it may be, you find people along the way that will help you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we have in this country. Yeah. We have the ability to accomplish anything we want to do if we put our minds to it. It might not be exactly as we see it, right? but it will be somewhere along that path. So why can't we give back to a country that is giving us that opportunity? Yeah, because it's an opportunity whether you take it or not. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I, I just, I'm so passionate about that. You know, I think about everybody's situation is different. Yeah. Uh, every family situation is different. I get it. I've seen my family struggle come to this country. I've had family who've tried to cross the border, got caught, got put in jail, got sent back, and through a process of time have been able to come back and do it the right way. Doing it the right way is um, it's not easy. No, it's you know, not. And it's well, and when hard. you've got a war zone in the street outside of right. you, you've got it's a dangerous proposition to even go out your door right you know it takes time to do it the right way and some people don't always have that luxury no of time no right because no. living just living every day is the goal right? exactly just Make waking, sure, up, in waking up in the morning right <laughs> let's go to the store let's go you know because in peru at that time anyway my grandmother shopped every day for food. Right, right. Walk to the market. Most places it's like that. Oh, yeah. Get get things fresh, come back, exactly. cook them. Man, can you imagine cooking for eight mouths in a, you know? The three, <laughs> little three-room apartment? Yeah, no kidding. God bless her. She's uh, going to be 90 years old. Is she? This uh, in November, and we're all going to go in. Uh, she's in Georgia right now and we're going to go and celebrate with her i love it that you guys came up here and had the opportunity to reach down and grab others and save them and pull them up as well yeah that's awesome yep so it's been great yeah that's fantastic now you know what when we when we spoke before i was just trying to get at the heart of how you've been able to be so successful where you got this courage this grit this determination and i don't know maybe i don't know even if you've defined it for yourself what do you think? Wow. I don't know. I'm seeing the gears <laughs> starting to go there. It's like, yeah. how, how does someone get that? You know, we talked about bottling something in essence earlier. It's like, how do you bottle up this courage, this determination, this idea that you're going to succeed no matter what? It's like, not everybody has that naturally. Is it possible to get? Um, what would you tell somebody? Uh, you know, I think I've always been the underdog. You know, I've always been the person that, um, you know, he's coming out of a bad situation to go to New Jersey from a bad situation, too small to play, not smart enough to make it right. Um, 
no one really to come back home and say, can you help me with this math work or yeah. can you help me? Yeah. And so I've learned, I've learned just, you know, I, I get told all the time, even today, you know, um, that, you know, maybe people don't uh, think that I will accomplish something. And I always giggle about that, you know, because I don't think people realize how much grit I have. Right. Like if yeah. I really want to get something, I'm going to I'm going to work towards it, obviously. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I you know, I, I just I don't know. I just always been the underdog. Yeah. You know, and I've learned through time and, and it hasn't been easy and it hasn't mm-hmm. always been like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, I got to that top. You know, I think that the older that I get, you know, like I speak sometimes I, when I talk to my kids and you know, my daughter, who is, you know, 19 years old. I was tell her, I'm going to give you a 47-year-old perspective. And I know and understand yeah. that my perspective, you're not going to get and understand at times, yeah. you know, because I have experience behind it. Uh, well, and, and you've got very different experience to what she has. She's yes. probably got a middle-class, suburban yes. type of experience. Yes. And yours is different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, go ahead. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I just... I've learned along the way because I've always either been told I couldn't do something yeah or 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 the or everything was stacked against me mm-hmm. right whether Absolutely. it was education whether it's money whether it's whatever it may be when I didn't have those I found a way to just make it that day right and that day helped me to make it that week and that week helped me to make it that month that month helped me to be, you know, all those things. And and I can tell you that things that I have dreamt of continuing to be, um, I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I always knew that I wanted more. Right. So, Being able to dream big. Yeah. If you dream small, you're going right. to, you know, yeah. Smart, small. But... Yeah. And small is, is part of the process of the overall picture. Sure. Right. And and I always I always try to do something today that would impact tomorrow. I like that. Do something today that impacts tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, because I just wonder about people who may face similar challenges, or I mean, not the same type of challenges, but you know, life's not easy. There's things stacked against them. They're the underdog. They come from poverty or they come from a difficult family or, or what have you and they let that they let that stop them they let that limit them how how did you not let that limit you have you always had the ability to see the big, bigger picture you know what i mean no i, I think uh i have not you know i've had great people around me mm-hmm. that makes um, a difference i had yeah I, i've had wonderful people in high school, I had a you know one of my coaches, football coach, coach Pursley, um, who is a great friend, uh, father mentor. I've had just really good people around me through my whole process, um, and you know, and for, for some reason, this whole concept of the American dream continue. I I don't think people talk about it enough, right? Mm-hmm. That. Guys, you're in the country where you can achieve anything you want to do only if you put your mind to it and you're able to work and grit at it. 
I mean, that's just it. I mean, it doesn't give it to you. It doesn't give it to you, right? There's the opportunity. The opportunity, right? Right. Right. What's that whole thing? The uh, the opportunity. The uh, oh gosh, it's a it's it's a movie about. you have the opportunity to, it'll come to me. <laughs> yeah, it'll come to you. Well, and I, I love your point about how you were f- so fortunate to have supportive people around you. Yeah. People who had your back, people who kicked your butt when necessary, yeah. people who guided you along. And I love what President Obama said about how you achieved something that's great. You did not do it alone. Right. Nobody does Nobody it alone. Nobody does it alone. Even self-made yeah. people don't. They yeah. do not do. And we're kidding ourselves. Right. To think that. Right. You're right. Yeah. And, and and you hit something there that um, I think it's uh, one of the most critical things. Success is not something you create by yourself. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes people think and say. I'm so successful in all this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it takes that individual to drive it. But man, you got to have people around you. You got to be lucky. Yeah, sometimes, you do have to be lucky. Right? Yeah. Um, but again, if you do not try, then then the only thing that can happen is not whatever it is you're trying to achieve. If you don't take that step forward, you're never going to get there. Unless you take that step forward. Absolutely. And you have to be okay with failing, I think. It's part of it. It is absolutely part of it. Yeah. I think every time we fail, we have an opportunity to ask ourselves, what did I learn from that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if it's just you learn to never do that again. Right. Then that's a great lesson. It is a great lesson. I think it was Thomas Edison said that he says, I have not failed. I found 99 ways it doesn't work. Right. You know, and then you find the one that does work. Right. You know, you have, you don't fail. You found 99 ways that taught you the right yeah. way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe having that tenacity. Absolutely. So I remember now. What is it? <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the pursuit of happiness, right? See, I haven't seen that. Well, the, the whole that. pursuit of happiness just says that you're only given the right to pursue it. Right. right? It doesn't give you the obligation to get happiness. Right. So being in pursuit of whatever it is that you're trying to do is that this country provides you the opportunity to give you that pursuit. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And you've really you've really grabbed this opportunity and and run with it. And even though that it's taking you so many different places, my God, the military. And you went to college, I think, in Colorado. Yeah. 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 How'd you get there? So, um, you know, I, I got out of high school um, knowing that I was not going to be a college player and all those things. And when I was getting in the military, I called my high school coach and said, hey, I want to play football. You know, I like that. I, that was just something that I was going to do. Yeah. I didn't care. I'm going to give it a try. No matter what, I'm going to try this. And nice. so he uh, he giggled because he asked me where I was at. And I was in Fort Carson, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, there's a small school up in Gunnison, Colorado, who I went to. Mm-hmm. And I think we can get you a, a walk-on opportunity. Nice. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I went to this beautiful city in Colorado. I was just there this weekend. You know, where, where it sits above 7,000, almost 8,000 feet above sea level. Where the beautiful mountains and majestic you know, just views everywhere and the sun and 
the stars at night feel like you can grab and reach them. And, and it was such a beautiful community because people, it's a small school. And I don't, I've never been to a big school. But being in a small school such as Western in those days, the community really helped us. Right. And so while I transitioned from the military to there, um, it was great because I got to walk on for the football team and um, I earned the scholarship before I got out of there. Fantastic. And so something that at that time was not something that was even thought of. Right. I left out of high school, not with the ability to get a, a, a scholarship. And here I am getting the scholarship. I wanted a scholarship. Yeah. Like, I didn't care how big it was. I wanted to hear my name being associated with a scholarship. Absolutely. There's a sense of pride in that, isn't there? Because I was told I couldn't get it. Right? I can imagine. If we told you no, it's like, okay, well, that's the next thing I'm going to do. Right? Uh, (laughs) That's your permission slip is no. You know, it's learning just to... um, it's just part of who I am, you know, yeah. even in my professional world, I've been told many times I couldn't be where I am today. Now, so what is your professional world these yeah. days? So I work for one of the top um, fortune companies and I'm a business coach and I work with entrepreneurs. Um, and, um, you know, I, I basically um, help small business owners, uh, you know, reach their goals, their ambitions, their dreams. Fantastic. Uh, and at the same time, we help customers do the same. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love doing what I'm doing because um, I know that I'm making an impact not only on themselves, uh, but their families and, and their customers. And, and so, yeah. uh, but it's challenging, right? Of course. And You know, you've never been one to shy away from a challenge, no, though. No, and, and And sometimes people say, well, you don't understand what skin in the game means. And I giggle, right? And I go... <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Right. right. So, but it's okay because their perspective is different, right? It is. Everybody comes from different places, right? They sure do. And so that's the only thing that maybe they can grasp on and go, because you've never done what I've done. You don't <laughs> understand it, right? And, and to me is, I have to respect that. Yeah. Because it's okay. Because my vision is from a whole different perspective. Oh, heck yeah. Right? And but so, everybody's perspective is their own world. Yeah, absolutely. They don't And that's the neat thing about it, right? It is, right. For all of us, so. Right, that's fantastic. And so I love that you give back yep. to folks in that way, yeah. just the way that you got hands up. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. fantastic. It's critical. And then I'm sure you all can see the, the veteran oh. on your hat, you know, <laughs> that you also are looking for ways to give back. Yes. In that way too. Yes. That's great. That's great. Yes. Um, that is something that's calling me. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's, we talked about the whole health initiative for the VA. Yeah. And they're looking for peer um, peer support, peer counselors, sure. things like that. So, yeah. yeah. That's something that, that I, I feel like I'm being pulled to. Oh, that's wonderful. Because yeah. it really gave you a lot of opportunities. Oh, my gosh. Military was the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. You know, but I do understand how difficult it is to transition. It sure is. And you're you're dealing with some PTSD stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think what you said about the mental part of it, it's like it's the unseen wounds. Yeah. And 
you don't even have to be in the military military to have that. Right. We're all walking around with stuff. Yeah. But I can't even imagine no. the stuff that you would. Yeah, stuff happens with. all the time, right? You're always like, wow. So. Yeah, yeah. So. I really thank you for being here. You're oh, it's been so much fun. Thank you. I know. I really enjoy talking to you. It's such an inspiration. Yeah. So you see my, my quandary here. It's like radiate courage, let's yeah. see, radiate hope, uh, resiliency, etc. <laughs> All right. So much. And I love what you're putting out there in the world. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.